Welcome to Casual Watch Talk, the podcast from the Casual Watch Reviewer YouTube channel. Join us as we talk everything watches from watch collecting, the latest horology news and interviews. If you're not already subscribed, subscribe on your favourite podcast app. Let's dive into the show. Hi everyone, welcome back to episode 40 of Casual Watch Talk. Well, for our 40th episode, we've got a very special guest joining us. We have FX, who is the president of Americas for Ulis Nardan. So thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you, Sam. Thank, uh, thanks a lot for inviting me today. I'm very happy to be with you and to speak with your audience as well. It's such a fascinating company, Ulis Nadan, founded in 1846, and it's created, I think, probably some of the most interesting complications in watches, certainly in recent years. The Freak Watch, which is very famous, where the hands of the watch are the actual movement, those perpetual calendars that go forwards as well as backwards, Guinness Book of World Records for complexity in watchmaking, which was absolutely fascinating, and of course, the new take on the watch rotor, which allows you to wind a watch in any direction instead of clockwise and counterclockwise in the grinder system. So it's a fascinating company. Thank you for saying that. It's true. And uh, you, you nailed it because you start with the innovation. Uh, I see a lot of people when uh, they hear about this Nardin, they know about our marine heritage. They know about the marine collection. And we are very well known. I'm, I'm in Miami right now. So all the community around especially the yacht owners, know about Ulysse Tarnin. Uh, so it's interesting that you go directly into who we are, in fact. We are one of the most innovative manufacturers, and uh, R&D, research and development, is really driving our creativity at Ulysse Tarnin. So thank you for coming to the uh, uh, beautiful tourbillon and the freak and uh, the Guinness uh, uh, records. It's true. Ulis Nadan, it, it falls into a genre of watches that I haven't really typically reviewed on the channel before in terms of yachting and boating watches. Now, I know a few other watch companies dabble in this. So we obviously have Rolex with its Yacht Master and Omega has its uh, Regatta watch, its Skywalker Regatta watch. In your watch company, it's really baked into the DNA, isn't it, of the company? It's not only about it, but it's true that uh, we see the sea as our territory in a way. And, you know, it comes back to Ulistana and its very first years when Mr. Ulistana opened his workshop in Switzerland. He was obsessed by accuracy. So his son understood that the fact that Ulistana is so accurate and all the innovation uh, with alloy um, combined with the needs in the market uh, of marine chronometers, all of this could be a core business for Ulistana. You are back here in the 1880s where sailing, marine transportation is at its peak. So Ulis Nana entered into the marine chronometers market, uh, took over this market, and in the 1900s, we are supplying more than 50 admiralties all over the world. So yes, we have this very strong marine DNA. We even started to supply the US Navy in 1905 uh, under Roosevelt's government. So yes, we see ourselves as coming from the sea. Having said that, all our creativity, and I'm thinking about the Blast, new watch we have launched, or the Skeleton, of course, or the Freak, you have this new direction, which is really like the innovation, research, development, and design. So in a way, and to summarize, we are a classical 
Swiss watchmaker with a DNA to mine chronometers, a tool for navigation. At the same time, we are some kind of a disruptive, innovative, innovative manufacturer bringing some crazy designs and crazy innovations. And we are both at the same time. It's, it's our duality, if you want. So you took over the helm of the Americas in 2018, was it? Correct. February, and you yes. were previously at LVMH. So I'm fascinated to know like, how you got into watches originally. Oh, in fact, before that, I mean, um, some years ago, I was recruited by Patrick Prognot and Jean-Christophe Babin, who is now at the helm of Bulgari. I was recruited in Warsaw. I was living in Moscow. And I was recruited to open the subsidiary for Tag Heuer. So I had the immense pleasure to work for Tag Heuer. It's a beautiful brand. Uh, I like their DNA, especially with timekeeping. Uh, I had the pleasure also to, to meet with Jack Heuer, who visited us uh, and my team in Russia. So I've been into watches thanks to Tag Heuer. Then I moved to Christian Dior Perfume Cosmetics, uh, which is this giant business uh, inside the LVMH group. But when Patrick, or CEO, left Apple Watch, joined Kering to take over Ulysse Nana. After two days, took over the company, gave me a phone call and told me, okay, do you want to join Ulysse Nana? And I said, yes, let's, let's do it, you know. And then I moved from Paris, from Dior HQ to Miami, where our offices are located. So you mentioned uh, Apple Watch there. Uh, I was I actually had a question about that, which is um, I know sort of around the early 80s, Ulysse Nadan really gained a new lease of life after the quartz crisis. And was really interested to get your take on how you think about smartwatches now, certainly uh, currently and over the next sort of 10 or 20 years. Do you think they're going to overtake traditional watchmaking? Or? We can come back to Ulysse Nadan's story in... Um... In the 80s, Ulysse was kind of not in a great shape because of the quartz crisis, we call it, when you are in Switzerland. And uh, Rolf Schneider, an entrepreneur, took over Ulysse and he made, again, Ulysse being an incredible company, totally based on innovation. He was the one who brought the Frick and the silicium uh, used in uh, watchmaking today. So when you had the crisis of the quartz Ulysse was seen as extremely revolutionary and innovative. Having said that, we are continuing this way, I believe. And uh, yes, people love the Apple Watch. Yes, you have plenty of other brands. I love Garmin, uh, personally, as a tool, it's incredible if you dive or if you do some hiking, it's an incredible watch. But I, I see it as complementary to a classical watch. I don't believe that the fact that you have these beautiful objects, we completely kill watchmaking. I don't believe in it because I believe that the values you have in this object I have here, I've got a chronograph, are different values uh, than an Apple Watch and also a different purpose. I don't wear a watch because I want to know my habit. I wear a watch for other reasons. So I think that both of them can live together and I start to see uh, you on the West Coast, you even you guys are more even I take them probably on the East Coast, but I see more and more of my friends who love beautiful objects, beautiful watches, you know. Uh, I see more, more and more of these guys having an Apple Watch on the side. And everybody dreams to have on top of your watch something smaller than an Apple Watch or a Garmin, but that can give you this information on your phone, for example. So I think there is a next step, a next evolution 
to um, to the smartwatch uh, that allows you to still keep on your wrist uh, a masterpiece. They certainly smartwatches have their their place. Certainly, one of the most interesting watches I personally think is is the Freak watch. The Freak it seems so contemporary, but it's almost coming into its 20th year now? That's a good question. The Freak is kind of, I mean, it carries well its, uh, its name. The Freak is just a Freak. Uh, and Freak means that, uh, I love this meaning, it comes from the 19th century. I love the idea that the Freak is something you fear. Yes. But when you understand it, you love it. Think about uh, Dracula, think about Dr. Frankenstein's creature. They are creatures of monsters. And when you start to understand them, you understand there is a love story behind. The Freak is the same. So when the Freak appeared uh, in 2001, it was a Freak watch. It has no crown, no hands, no case. The Freak carries probably the largest number of patents in a movement. The full movement is pivoting on its own axe. Everything is like revolutionary. So the Freak is a revolution. It's an alien for the watchmaking. It also demonstrates that even if the watchmaking industry is centuries old, on the very small size of a watch, you can bring revolutions, you can bring patents. And these patents can be used elsewhere than in a watch. The Freak is also the first watch to use silicium, making your watch more accurate, more reliable, anti-magnetic. So the, the Freak is kind of a laboratory on the wrist. And from the Freak, you can extract some innovations that you can use in other watches, like from a laboratory, creating patents. So that's what I love with the Freak. And uh, the Freak has a second life right now because the watch is so complicated uh, that it's also an expensive piece. The Freak Vision today with the, grind, the grinder, which is an automatic uh, system on blades. Uh, the Freak Grinder today, the Freak Vision is $96,000. So what's, what happened with the Lisnarda is that we have launched last year a new Freak we call, it, we call it the Freak X. And this Freak X is bringing a lot of new attention to this Nana and also is bringing new customers to this Nana. Because the Freak has been always a very, very niche watch for very wealthy collectors. And every collector I know we see at the dinners we organize, they all have a Freak in their collection. But when you're 25, 30 years old, can you really buy a $100,000 laboratory on your wrist? Maybe not. So the new Freak X between twenty dollars and $30,000 is bringing the idea of the Freak, the design of the Freak, but with an hybrid UN118 in-house movement, of course. And these two movements together, this hybrid allowed us to make an entry price Freak, let's say, and this new freak is bringing new customers. So what I love with this idea of the new freak is that, yes, it's a masterpiece. It's an alien. It's a laboratory on the wrist for real big collectors. But the new UN customer, the members of our club now, are 30-year-old guys that want a manufacture, amazing, legendary piece they can afford and they can also wear every day without the fear of uh, having something like a more expensive than a fancy car on your wrist, you know? I think I forgot where I was reading it, but the, the grinder the grinder system, the, the new rotor system, that they were saying that has applications even beyond watches themselves by the nature of how it's built. Completely. The, the grinder system is a weight. Uh, it's, um, 
balancing between blades. There is a lot of mathematics and calculations behind. You really have to be an engineer just to explain how it works. But long story short, every very small lateral movement will create energy. Uh, so instead of having the, the usual rotor turning around, you know, uh, every time you move your wrist, a very, very slight movement is creating energy through a lateral, this lateral gesture. And it's adding a lot of energy to a watch, which is, uh, you know, the freak, it's a huge spiral inside the case that you turn by hand, by turning, there is no case, but turning this case, let's say, kind of bezel, there is yeah. no word to speak about the freak. <laughs> and the combination of the grinder and uh, your own manual movement can give you, um, I think we are more than five days power reserve. Wow. So you mentioned the, the Freak being a laboratory on the wrist. So a lot of the innovations that come from that Freak, like the grinder system, does that then ultimately make it into other other models as well? After? That's possible, yes. When um, when we launched Innovation, um, Innovision, so it has 10 patents on it, and we, we extract innovations from our concept watches to go into new watches. So what's interesting is that a little bit like the car industry when they have a concept car, they will show you this completely insane concept car, impossible to buy, full of innovations. And then you know that in the next 10 years, you will see these innovations in the car you can afford. And this is what's happening with the Freak. You have the InnoVision, and then uh, the Freak Vision, then we have the Freak X. And yes, the story will go on with more innovations. Not only is it an innovative product, but you stand behind everything with the five-year warranties on your on your watches as well. Yes, because we have our own system of uh, our own system of control inside uh, the company, and we have a, on, our own system of certification, which is more accurate than the Cosk. And also, it's it's tested not in a in a perfect laboratory flat movement. It's a fl- flat and uh, not moving. We test everything with different type of temperature by uh, the movement. So we have a level of accuracy, which is pretty good. The fact that we use silicium makes the watch very, I would say, reliable because you don't have the effect of oil. Um, you don't have also uh, the effect of magnetism. So we, we trust really our products, the quality of them, and uh, we offer a five-year warranty. I know people will be interested to know that all of the movements are, are in-house. Yes, they go through a torture chamber and they are not, they are not going out of the manufacturer uh, if they didn't pass all these tests. And uh, when we receive them, it's just internal information, but when we receive the watches in my workshop in uh, Florida, they are tested again. Wow. Just to make sure that there is no effect of transportation, shock, uh, anything else like that that could affect the watch. So the watches are tested post-production, are tested by the quality department for certification in Switzerland, and they are tested again when they arrive in Florida, and then after they go to the stores. I know we have a very, uh, very, I would say, kind of low servicing of the pieces. Uh, and I think once again, silicium is explaining that. Pertinent question for the for the times that we're currently in. I know during 2020 the world has experienced once in a generation effects on social health and economic stability the watch industry itself has echoed some parts of this roller coaster i know sales on pre-owned watches have skyrocketed but some of the big brands have been badly affected i think and especially ones that i feel largely ignored online presence that they had 
But it's also interesting to see that some luxury brands like Rolex and Richard Mill perform very well. So I was just wondering how and how have you seen the market change this year? Oh, it's a lot of questions in one question. Uh, no, the market is uh, is changing for sure, and I would say the watch industry is pretty affected. You have seen with uh, this COVID crisis, the stores were closed for a while uh, worldwide, completely closed, and um, uh, of course it has affected uh, our sales. And it must give some more room, probably, for the certified pre-owned market online, which has been very active, and especially in the USA. If you consider the online sales in Europe, mostly it's online sales made by retailers of new pieces. The share of certified pre-owned is very small. In the USA, it's a huge pre-owned and it's a huge online market with a lot of discounting, by the way. Uh, so it's not taboo to say there is a lot of discounting online in the USA. Uh, so, um, yes, so there, there is this kind of competition, if you want, for the brands. Having said that, uh, I think it's our duty, as for the standard as a brand, to have the best retailers and the best partners offering the best service and the best experience. And what we standard is doing is really reconfiguring or streamlining its distribution in the USA to work with the very best. And what we are doing as a company in terms of marketing, in terms of events, is to bring people who love watches to the very best stores. And when you want to buy an expensive product, an expensive watch, you want to be sure that you buy it at the right place. You want to be sure it's new. You want to be sure it has not been pre-owned or stolen or whatever else. You want to be careful because it's an expensive object. You want to benefit from the five-year warranty as well. And uh, we'll take care of you. And that's why we uh, we really want our partners to perform. And everything we do, uh, including talking to you, Sam, today, is to make sure that people understand that the best place to experience uh, watchmaking, especially, I would say, complicated timepieces like Louis Nardin, is to go to an authorized retailer. And if you go to our website, you will find this map of the USA. And you will find every authorized retailer we work with in the most official way. It's a fantastic uh, website and online presence you've got there because it, it has every detail about the watch, including the price as well, which I think is fascinating. Certainly puts some of the other brands to shame, I think. And the, the photography is, is fantastic. Yeah, so, so the website is really here to, uh, uh, to help our, our fan club uh, understanding not only the product, but also the culture of the company. We are not only... Uh, a manufacturer with product first. We are a little, little world, you know. Uh, when you see our customers, uh, when you meet customers at events that you organize, they are never customers buying a UN as a first watch or first serious watch. Usually they have the brands you named, they have them. They buy UN as part of, okay, I've got three or four beautiful timepieces. What is the next one? Sometimes, like with the Freak X, uh, they enter into UN because they want to manufacture innovative, I would say disruptive uh, brand, something new, something they don't have already, not a three-hands classical watch. So they come to UN. So yes, we want to treat them well. The website is giving a lot of information on uh, partnerships we have, uh, on um, 
what we do, what's the culture of the company. It's a small universe, you know. The other thing I find fascinating as well about the brand is you have a lot of other brands who obviously sponsor events and things like that, but you have a, a real charitable focus, certainly here in, in the US. And I know there's certain charities that you yourself are personally involved with, so not in the company, but you you yourself. So I was interested in finding out more about that uh, the, that charity supporting side of the company and why it's so important. Oh, Sam, I, uh, you will, I'll speak for an hour or something from now. Uh, <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, this is, this is pretty incredible. So the, the first thing is that uh, I truly believe that when you are an entrepreneur, when you generate uh, money and when your name, like Ulysse Nardin, can drive some interest, uh, can drive some uh, wealthy people and collectors to to a good cause, you have to use basically, I would say, your awareness uh, or your money somehow, you know? So I believe in that. Uh, the good thing is that my management, the group I am working with, we all agree on that. Having said that, we have two big partnerships in the USA. One is uh, with One More Wave and one with Osearch. So uh, One More Wave is... Uh, uh, a non-profit based in San Diego. It has been created by uh, U.S. Navy SEALs. They realized that uh, these guys they are in special ops all the time. They lost their friends. Some of them, you know, are badly disabled uh, or PTSD. So it's a community which is suffering because of war. And these guys in San Diego, they are surfing a lot. You know that your office is <laughs> in San Diego. Yes. So it's a, it's a big thing to go surfing and uh, in Coronado, where the Navy SEALs are based. Uh, it's really what they do when they are not training. And uh, these guys have created a, a non-profit building, designing and building surfboards tailor-made to the disabilities of the veterans. We even have a, trip, a triple amputee wow. surfing and competing right now. So this is fascinating. So actually, Snarder, the story started with my team. I wanted to have like a social responsibility program to motivate the team. So we started to, to finance them. So they took me surfing in San Diego. And then I was on the beach uh, with these guys. And I was like blown away by the resilience, how strong they are, what they have to fight with. The fact that, I mean, they are still alive, you know, and they take the waves uh, as a therapy. I was like blown away. And then with uh, Kyle Bucket, now my friend, who is CEO, let's say, of, of One More Wave, we, we said, oh, let's do something bigger, stronger. And then we started to partner. We have an amazing watch, a deep dive that they co-designed in San Diego. We co-designed the watch with, uh, with the SEALs. And, uh, and this watch is helping us to basically raise money for them. So this is an amazing uh, story. And we also see that uh, we, you were talking about our marine heritage. Uh, I see these guys as some heroes from the sea, you know, yeah. Navy SEALs. So it was a way for Istana to, to do some social responsibility. And it became like a, uh, an amazing journey. We, we have with them. The other uh, mission we have as a team, and it's the same idea. I mean, the, uh, the sea is our territory, Sam, even if we do watches. We, we, we have a strong connection with the sea, and yeah. uh, the other nonprofit we partner with, Osearch, their mission is the abundance of the marine ecosystem, and they work mostly with great white sharks. So we are partnering with them. Uh, I had the great honor of naming a great white shark, uh, and I was with them in uh, 
and uh, in Massachusetts near Cape Cod when we captured a beautiful young female shark. Uh, I named her Andromache. Uh, Andromache, she is uh, coming from the Greek mythology, from Iliad, the Iliad, Homer's the Iliad. And uh, she's a symbol of maternity, of strength, of courage. So here again, you, you find the values of Ulysse Darlin. We want to support uh, beautiful causes. It's a very strong motivation for the team to do that. And you are right. It's not about sponsoring. And we post some pictures. Uh, my team is on it. Yes, we surf with one more wave. We know their members. We, we know who the surfboard goes to. With Osearch, yes, we partner with them, but we are also part of the mission. I spent myself some days, uh, like 10 days, on the boat this summer, uh, basically uh, capturing great white sharks and helping the scientists uh, to, um, to work on the animals. And each of these animals after is released safely. So everything makes total sense for for Islander. I presume when they... Uh when they're researching the sharks, are they are they adding like tags to them, like GPS tags? Are you able to see the, the progression of where your shark is? Or Exactly, yes. If you go on, uh, talking about Apple, if you go on your iPhone, you find this app called uh, Shark Tracker. Shark Tracker is an O-Search uh, app. And you can follow the sharks. Uh, and you can also follow Andromac. I invite you also to go on Twitter and uh, follow Andromac the shark. And yes, you can follow the shark. So, so the tagging is helping uh, the scientists to understand their migration. It's also helpful to understand the nurseries, so where the shark will reproduce. And you want to protect the areas where shark reproduce because sharks need at least 20 years to be able to reproduce. So they are in danger of side fishing. Uh, but the tags are really giving a lot more information that we, we don't see as a uh, users of shark tracker, uh, temperature of the sea, how deep they navigate. And it brings a lot of other information for scientists, for more, like I would say, scientific research than only uh, geo geolocalizing the animals. Yeah, it's fascinating. I know certainly we hear a lot of stories about sharks uh, around here sort of coming more inland, but that's more of a, a sort of a a temperature on what's happening in the sea that they would even come this far into land. So, yeah, it's a fascinating, fascinating charity. Well, I suppose we should turn it back around to watches, but that was fascinating. So thank you for that. One of the questions I had, which I found I find fascinating about the brand is you're commonly known for some of the amazing like horology pieces that you create. You, you even have a, a watch that wants retail for over a million dollars. But one thing that I hadn't realized before is you also have you have watches that cover almost the entire price range. You could get into a Ulysse Nadam watch for less than $6,000. Yes, we start with a diver, a 42 millimeter uh, for 5900 so that's correct. So how important is that to the brand that you, you cater for all of the sectors uh, of watch collecting? I would say the soft point actually is Nana is between twenty and $30,000, I would say. Um, it's interesting because in the USA, our best sellers in value are the two last collections we launched, uh, the Executive X, a skeleton watch, and uh, the Freak X. Most of them are between seventeen dollars to $30,000. So this is really where the heart of this number is. Having said that, the Diver collection is in the eight twenty thousand dollars $20,000 depending if you buy it in gold. After you have our tourbillon, 
which are at a pretty good price between 30 and I would say $80,000. And then you have what we call the aerology, where you really have the freak vision, yeah. the free wheel, and you have some more complicated pieces like the mega yacht. And here you go between 90 to $300,000. And sometimes we have a crazy sale. It could be a million dollar sale, you know, because as a manufacturer, uh, we can tailor made the watch. We can yeah. engrave the watch. We are plenty of, we control everything in house. So whatever crazy dream you have, Sam, we can make it. So, and I, and I think it's, it's not a matter of pricing. It's a matter of what is your fur. Uh, today, with uh, the Marine Collection, also in the seven, $15,000, with the Marine Collection and uh, uh, the Diving Collection, you, of course, we have plenty of other brands below us in terms of pricing. But we are manufacturer, silicium, and everything you know about Mistana, which makes the brand very unique. Every watch lover with a budget of, I would say, eight. $10,000 can access to the UN club. Yeah, it's amazing that you can get that kind of horology piece for, you know, as you mentioned, I think I, I was reading that the, the tourbillon at 30,000 is 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 arguably one of the best value tourbillons that you can buy quality versus, uh, versus the price. And uh, I invite you someday if you're in Switzerland, and this is the case with all of our customers, you can always show up at the manufacturer and visit the manufacturer. And you will see, Oh, we do everything in-house. So it's pretty fascinating. Um, and coming to the price, uh, I hear sometimes when I visit some partners, when I meet some collectors, you know, who, who love to tell me about the price of their watch, which is not always an interesting conversation. It's really about the watch and the story of the watch or the movement in the watch. It's not about the price of the watch. So but let's say we have the conversation about the price of the watch. People have to understand we are controlling everything in-house. When we do a tourbillon, we do it in-house. So we choose also the price at which we want to sell our tourbillon. And I can tell you, especially after I've been working like out of the watch industry, I just came back two years ago. And I'm very surprised sometimes to see some completely fancy prices. I'm not even sure there is a logic behind in terms of research or in terms of production cost. And then you have some prices which are insane. I think at least now, uh, maybe it's coming from the previous management and this industrial manufacture mentality, over-marketing mentality, if you want. I think at least now, we are saying we control the pricing. We must have a fair price policy for our customers. We decide that by doing in-house a tourbillon, the fact that we don't engrave, for example, the tourbillon, we, don't, we won't put some hard work on the tourbillon, Okay, we decide the watch could be at 30K. And I think it's a fair price. Of course, we could try to sell it at 50 and let's see. But we don't want to do that. We want to put the fair price to everything we do. It's a rep refreshing perspective. I, I agree. There's been certain arguably bubbles created on certain brands at the moment where the price doesn't seem to reflect. It, it's it's based on demand or, or a, a sort of perceived shortage of, of those models. As we've been talking about the newer models, I believe you've got two out now that both the Blast and the, and the Jewel Time that are that are new for. Are they new for this year or that, or is it new versions of existing product lines? Oh, they are brand new. Uh, so it's two different stories. The, the Blast is a brand new watch. Uh, we launched it on the 26th of uh, August, to be precise. 
So it's very, very new, just coming right now to the stores, and it's already an incredible success, uh, explaining also our great success in September uh, worldwide. Uh, the, the reception of this watch is incredible. So to start about the Blast, so it's a very new watch. It's a timepiece of cutting-edge design and technology. It's equipped also with a totally new manufacturer, open work movement. Uh, it's a watch with uh, a micro rotor at 12, made with platinum. So the weight of the platinum will give you the power and the energy that you create with a big rotor that you have in a classical watch. We also have an automatic tourbillon uh, with our proprietary silicium technology, and it's a flying tourbillon. So it's beautiful to see also. What I love also to explain with this uh, uh, with the blast, simplicity is complexity in our new society. And uh, yep. when I look at uh, an iPhone, I look at a Tesla, the SpaceX, you don't have all these fancy buttons we used to have uh, some decades ago. I think there is there is the idea that if you can make something simple, plain and beautiful, uh, there is some complexity in it. So it's interesting fact, Sam, the blast has only 137 components and 25 jewels, only 137 components. And you have a tourbillon, and it's silicium, and you have a micro rotor, and it's automatic. Um, only 30, 137 components. If you compare to the watch I have, a typical chronograph will be over 250. So there, is, there has been a lot of research, a lot of work by the team in Switzerland to have kind of less components, and then it gives also more more visibility. It's a skeleton watch. So by definition, you don't want to have a bulky movement moving all over the place. You want to see through. So you really have a beautiful design. And to finish with this piece, I invite uh, uh, your uh, auditors to have a look to our website because it's really an incredible design, kind of inspired by steel airplanes with a lot of angles, a lot of 3D effects. It's just beautiful objects. It's just gorgeous. So the reception from collectors, from the market is really incredible. Every piece we received in September has been already sold out. So it's just a piece we are delivering right now. So we are very happy about it. And once again, like after the success of the Freak X and the Skeleton X, we see that Ulysse Nardin can't be a brand with an overproduction and too many models. We are, on the contrary, really simplifying really stubborn. We are kind of phasing out many watches to really come back to the core of what Ulysse Nardin is, divers and marine because of our DNA, or thanks to our DNA, I would say, and uh, the executive collection and the freak collection because this is showing the future of Ulysse Nardin. So the blast is one example. And the other new timepiece you have is the, is the dual time. Yes. Is that, again, new for this year? The dual time is not a new watch. Uh, I don't remember exactly when it has been launched, uh, but I know that this Nana has sold, for all the years, 20,000 pieces worldwide. For this Nana, it's huge. So it has been always a huge uh, success for this Nana. I'm very happy to see that uh, Jeff Bezos, <laughs> the wealthiest man uh, maybe on Earth, or I think on Earth, in the US for sure, uh, we have uh, a dual time, so you may see a few pictures of him with this watch. He has an old dual time. So the dual time is a very interesting watch because with only the push of a button, plus or minus, on the left side of the watch, you just change time. 
So basically, you have the time you set for of Miami time. And I fly to LA and I land in LA and I push three times on the left side of the watch on the button minus. And another, the other information of the watch will give me the dual time. So I've got my time home east and time Pacific. So basically, it's faster than a, a smartwatch. We have a mechanical smartwatch, and it's called the dual time. We are launching it, in fact, right now, as the first watches arrived uh, this, at the beginning of September in uh, the USA, and we are delivering the first watches right now, end of September and beginning of October, to our selected uh, partners. And you mentioned the um, the executive line before, the, the skeletonized watch, but it's really, I think of it almost beyond skeletonized because it's almost like each component of the watch is separated out on the dial. It's it's absolutely fascinating to, to look at the design of the watch. It's a beautiful watch to see by yourself, exactly. I think there is no picture, no internet can really give you the experience. Uh, what I love with the uh, skeleton, and I think the blast is, uh, really, this, this uh, executive skeleton connection, like supercharge, is that uh, you don't really know what is inside and what is outside. It's kind of confusing, you know what I mean? Yes. Because it's, you really, really, really have uh, a fantastic uh, movement. You, you see it, it's alive, you see it moving, you know, but there is so much space in it. So it's a real skeleton for this reason. And the blast has this amazing also feature that you have this kind of double X. Uh, on the back of the watch, on the front of the watch, which is like giving this super hedgy design. And somehow in the middle, like in a hamburger, you have all the movements, these 137 components, the 25 jewels are in between these two axes uh, to uh, to beat the movement. Uh, so inside, outside, you don't really know. It's spectacular to look at. I'll leave a, a link in the in the show notes here. One of the questions I had to ask was the the connection that you have with um, the Americas in particular, and and why it's an important territory for uh, Ulysse Nadan. Oh, thank you, Sam. It's a great question. So it, it takes uh, a French guy with a strong French accent to answer a question about UN and the USA. Uh, so um, we know we, we've been supplying uh, merchant vessels. Admiralties all over the world in the 19th century. And funny enough, we started pretty late in the USA. So in 1905, it's uh, Roosevelt's government. They want to equip the US Navy with the best possible uh, navigation equipment. And Ulysse Narda has been selected after a concours uh, with many other brands, including American companies. Ulysse Narda has been selected in 1905 to equip uh, US torpedo boats and US submarines. And it started, in fact, a, a partnership, like an official supplier of the U.S. Navy. It's a beautiful story for this standard because it makes us very proud, especially my American team or my American partners, to have this connection. And the interesting, interesting story, uh, and how we rebuilt it, in a way, is when, in uh, 2018, after I met with the Secretary of the Navy in Washington, D.C., we've been invited to partner with the Medal of Honor convention in Annapolis at the Naval Academy. And I had the amazing honor during this convention, celebrating American heroes of the U.S. Navy, to introduce this, uh, uh, this story of Liz Nardin partnering with the U.S. Navy in 1905, and also to launch a watch called the Marine Torpedo Military Semper Fortis, which is, I think, all sold out. I think we have two or three or five, maybe in the country somewhere. 
which is celebrating our partnership with the US Navy. And the watch is a 44 millimeter replica of a 64 millimeter pocket watch we have designed for the Navy on request of the US Navy. So I think that's an amazing story. And that's why we have all these collaborations we discussed together with One More Wave, the Navy SEALs, and other partnerships we want to have uh, in the USA as we are a Swiss company, but with a US history. That's absolutely fascinating. Thank you for that. Thank you uh, again for the opportunity. We are, we are a, a secret well kept uh, and you help us uh, that... Uh, you help us giving the, sharing the secrets with your people. So it's very nice from you. You're very welcome. And thank you so much, FX, for joining us on this week's episode of Casual Watch Talk. Well, guys, I hope you found that interesting. To find out more about Ulis Nadan, head over to their website. You will not be disappointed. There's some spectacular watches on there if you're not familiar with the brand. Join me next week where Chris will be back on for episode 41 of Casual Watch Talk. As always, we appreciate listening. See you next time.